Bruising Banner Podcast. Banner Podcast. Bruising Banner Podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banner Podcast. I am your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew. What up, fella? I would read this with you. <laughs> mama, mama. Nah, it's, it doesn't taste like dirt. Uh, my name is Lou Belgium, ladies and gentlemen. I'm wondering. Does Delaware have an actual culture? This is the podcast that we talk about beer, but we also talk about a lot of things that's happening in the world, politics, movies, anything really that comes to our mind while we're here, sampling these brews, grab a drink, and pull up a chair. <laughs> Ooh, we love you, Brews Adventure Podcast. <laughs> All through the year we've waited, waited through spring and fall, to hear silver bells ringing on winter time, bringing the happiest season of all. <laughs> that was my Christmas intro. That was beautiful. Yeah, uh, something lovely for Who the, was that, John Legend? Uh, yeah, something lovely for the season. That we are in. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah. Uh, what Hi up, guys. what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is a rocket and the brew. Well, happy to fuel. I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What's going on, Lou? Hey, how you doing, Rob? I'm oh, all yeah. right. How are you? Wonderful. Shout out to uh, 302 Yoda. Um, we, we are back again for episode 230. Wow. 2.30 of Bruising Banter Podcast. And we have a returning guest from episode, damn, I just forgot that quick. Episode 90? Is that right? Three. 93. 93. 93. Oh. 93. <laughs> uh, way, 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 way back in 2020. Yeah. That was, uh, I should have used my teleprompter. Wait for that episode 90. <laughs> yes. <three. laughs> uh, a lot has changed since uh, she's been on. Uh, she was already dope. Now she, now she got dope cider. <laughs> uh, if you already don't know who I'm talking about, then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, want to welcome to the podcast, uh, Hannah Ferguson. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Welcome Thank back. You. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. You're welcome, everyone. Um, before we get into everything, we always like to know uh, <laughs> what everyone is drinking on. So, what do you drink on on today? Uh, we always start with our guests. So, Hannah, are you drinking on something today? Uh, yeah, I'm actually am. I I thought I had some beer here, but I'm actually just drinking on my own cider. Uh, As you we should. got a, a cherry cider uh, right now. Well, it's cherry and lime. We call it cherry chill. So. One of the newest flavors on tap uh, nice. for the winter. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, what's the ABV on, on, on that joint? Uh, 7%. Oh, okay. <laughs> Toasty. <laughs> yes, that's warm. <laughs> there she is for the winter. A, ni- nice. a, nice, a nice winter warmer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. You said it. You called it chill, though, but it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you chill. It'll make yeah, you chill. Yes, if you hype, you will be chill. Yeah. Slow down. All right. Uh, all right. Lou, what you drinking on? Um, in the theme of the holiday season, I'm still going on these uh, flavored 
uh, Christmas ales and such. So I have uh, my moniker, man. I went to New Belgium, and they have a flavors of cranberry and spice and everything nice. Limited release holiday ale. Um, that is the can outside the light. Y'all can see that? Yeah, a little bit. It's like a little uh, ornament on in the uh, middle of it. It's brewed with uh, ale brewed with cranberries, uh, cinnamons, and natural flavors that they don't uh, name. It's a secret ingredient, I think. Um, yeah, it's delicious, man. This is heavy on the cranberry. I like it. I can't find an ABV, guys. Oh, 7.5. Oh, all right. And uh, that's what it looks like in that beautiful glass. Um, it's, I don't know if y'all can see. It's more of a cherry cherry color. Oh, really? That's, um, yeah, it's more of a cherry, more brandy type of color. You know what I mean? Um, but it smells heavy on the cranberries. Uh, nice spice. It feel it feels real uh, seasonal, real seasonal. I, I enjoy this. This is really good. Pass me another and another, but slowly, cause you know. Yeah, I, I hit the other wrong button. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all right. Just two hundred and thirty episodes. It's okay. Yeah, my fingers fingers are big. Slipped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Playing the piano. What you drinking on, man? I'm what actually drinking. drinking um, this is. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It is brewed in Germany. It is a hacker. It's from Hacker Port for sure. I don't know. It is Oktoberfest Marzen. There it is. Um, there it is. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce that. Somebody can see it and pronounce it. Way to go. Hacker. Hacker. Mm. Yeah. And I don't even think it, hacker is right. I, I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it in hacker. German. Hacker. Hacker. Mm, hacker. Yeah. Hacker. Got it. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah, it could be uh, Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest. If I have a Marzen, I'm a drinker. It's one of my one of my favorite styles. So there it is in, in the glass. There it is, right there. My cotton hop glass, but yeah, there it is. It's refreshing, always. I'm not sure what the ABV on this is. No sir. Oh, five point eight percent. It's five point eight percent. It's um. Everything you expect from a, a Marzen. It's got some breadiness. It's 11.2 uh, ounces, which is interesting in terms of, I'm not sure why they didn't give me the, that other 0.8. Yeah, what they holding <laughs> out on your, half, your, your little half ounce, man. I don't know. I guess they wanted that this particular glass bottle, I guess. Oh, okay. And it, it only, is a, only is that, I guess. It's been mm. since nineteen forty since 1417 through today. Hacker Posher is considered the special beer for heavenly day to day moments. Oh, well, this is a special moment. We're talking with Anna. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. A special six moment. Six hundred years of six hundred years of, of beer in yeah. one glass. Cheers. Right, I need pa- one of those little mini mini glasses, Lou. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Just like you and a whole lot of people. I got you, though. We're going to talk out off, off air. But if you do need it and y'all hearing this, uh, just DM me, Rob or Yoda, um, and we'll uh, definitely send send some or one or however many you need out to you. Yeah, I know. I know. I got someone to send out today. They, they purchased theirs the other day. I got to send it out um, soon because the holidays, holiday shipping will be uh, terrible. <laughs> crazy. And I think they yes, want it. it's crazy. They want it before uh, the holiday. So I got to make sure mm. I get it out there. Um, but yeah, pass me another one on that one. Uh, uh, all right. Well, well, what's that ninety? What's that nineties R and B in the background, Anna? 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's usually the vibe here. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's I feel we like it's a it's a dude in the back, like let's uh greased up on a railing or something, singing <laughs> hard karaoke. It's kind of calm in here right now because usually, like, it's football season, so this is not mm-hmm. like the typical sports, but it's not a sports bar, so. But yeah, R and B R and B is usually what you get when you come in here. So nice. Yeah. That's dope. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> how many is that the drinking game for the day? Yeah, how many times <laughs> I can say dope? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um all right. Well um again, welcome back. Uh so uh wanna know what you hear, what you've been up to. It's been a lot since you've been uh it's been going. Done a lot of things. A lot of yeah. things have uh, changed. Sure. I was just reading the um, description of the uh, of the old episode. It's, it's changed quite a bit. Uh-huh. So uh, again, I want to welcome Hannah to the podcast. And like they always say, the uh, proverbial floor is yours. So there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely a lot has changed since 2020. Uh, 2020. I was still kind of like planning. It was still like a dream, still on paper. I was like uh, still brewing uh, for the local brewery here. Uh, you know, everybody knows it's pandemic time. So, uh, and we were actually just getting back to like things opening up here in Ohio at that time when we did uh, our interview. But yeah, so like three years later, I have my own location. I opened up in August of 2022. So I've been open a little over a year. Uh, Downtown Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, I am the first Black-owned cidery in the state of Ohio. uh, And I'm only second in the United States. Uh, I think I'm currently just the only one open um, right now. Uh, But yeah, it's been... It's been it's been a it's been a time. Uh, we you know like I said it's been it's been going great for the year and a half. Still learning, uh, still growing, um, and that's kind of where we are. Are we're at that growing uh, stage right now? Thankfully, um, just seeing how the industry is kind of going right now, uh, it kind of looks discouraging. But I think uh, as being small scale, uh, starting out is helping us. And now a lot of people, uh, like outside of like the dope, uh, just in-house, like more distribution side, that's what we're looking to go into now. More cans, uh, and more like kegs out at different locations. Um, and it's, I'm getting a lot of locations that are outside of Youngstown. Uh, I have uh, accounts in Cleveland, which is about an hour away, a little over an hour, depending on where you go. Where you go, um, I have accounts in Columbus, which is about two and a half hours away. Nice. Uh, just picked up an account in Kent, which is about 45 minutes away from here. So a lot of people are trying to fire or hearing about it, and then now they're kind of like wanting it in their location. And I think it also helps that uh, you know, it's kind of like a story behind a brand. A lot of people are like, hey, I checked out your website. It's really dope. And they like that. And uh, so it's, I'm excited about that. Uh, and then, you know, it's less in the state of Ohio, less than um, 
less than 25 cool cideries in the state. We have more wineries and breweries, of course, in the state of Ohio than full-blown cider houses. So, and then a lot of those cider houses are kind of just like in their area. A lot of them do not distribute or, and, you know, things like that. So, uh, I'm looking to try to cover the state of Ohio as possible. So. Nice. Seems like uh, it. Uh, oh, that deserves a round of applause and air horns. <laughs> oh, oh, <it's> like, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> so, Hannah, when you, say, when you say you're getting uh, contracts throughout the state, are they – or is it bottled cider or is it kegs? Like how how is the cider transported and distributed at the different locations? Right now, it's mainly kegs. Um, I have a few accounts. Uh, well, I just uh, got into Whole Foods back in October. Nice. Uh, so we have about 12 Whole Foods in the state of Ohio. So I am currently in five of them. Uh, so, and they're, they're more Southern Ohio too. So I haven't even hit like the Cleveland market or anything like that yet. Uh, but yeah, so mainly kegs right now. And that's uh, kind of like our goal because as the winter hits January, February is going to kind of be slow, possibly if it's trending the same as last year, it's like one of our, our slower months. Uh, so we're looking to do more canning production um, wise, like our first set of cans that we did was um, pineapple cider. So now I'm looking to can, uh, just got a shipment of uh, fresh pressed juice and uh, the other day. So this round I plan on canning uh, blackberry and uh, probably I do like a cranberry series. I call it ocean spray, but when I put it on cans, I can't call it ocean right. spray. Uh, so we started, like when we started it last year, we started off with cran orange, then we did cran grape, cran raspberry. Now we're on cran peach. Uh, so I think I'll probably uh, go back to the cran grape and can that. Uh, just got to figure out a name for it to put on the cans. Uh, but yeah, so we, we definitely want to pick that up because a lot of people who come in here, they're they see the pineapple in cans, but they also want other flavors. Uh, so, but we do tons of growler sales. So they still pick up a four pack, but then they'll grab a growler or something else. Uh, but we just want to be able to offer uh, more products uh, of cider in the cans. And then we also release uh, for our one year anniversary, three of the six wines that I started. So I have a strawberry wine, a Moscato, and uh, it's a white grape uh, that's kind of grown in the northern part of Ohio called uh, Diamond, uh, similar to a Riesling. Uh, that's one grapes of my in Ohio? favorite grapes. Yeah, I would have never thought well, that. <laughs> uh, Ohio is the, I believe, the biggest producer for Concord grapes. Really? That's, that's crazy. Welch's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Is Welch's, Welch's ain't based in Ohio, is it? They're not based okay. in Ohio, but I believe they get most the majority of their grapes from Ohio because it's like a it's a sweeter uh, it's a sweeter grape. I'm not a huge fan of the Concord grape. I do have it like in a fermenter because it just reminds me of grape jelly every time I right. smell yeah. it or drink it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so I have three wines right now, and I have like three more. Uh, just just me with time uh, to get bottled up. Uh, so we'll have like a total of like six wines, hopefully in the next month, month and a half, 
available for customers. And then we'll have, uh, we always rotate our ciders. So we usually have eight different ciders on draft. So uh, so we'll have that to, to offer more people. But we only sell the wine in-house right now. So Nice. That's a, I didn't even know about the wine until just now. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. and yeah. yeah, because uh, cider um, falls under the wine license, mm-hmm. uh, so we're able to. I'm able to like do cider wine. I can do mead uh, and seltzers. So oh, seltzers nice. doesn't have a home anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody can do seltzers, but uh, yeah, so we have that opportunity okay. to do those. So we try to stay. Well, we are. We definitely stay 100% gluten free here. Uh, so um, we've had one cider that we, with a collaboration with the brewery next door, that we did. Um, it's more like a like a, a cider ale or whatever you want to call it. But that's the only one we've done. But uh, but everything else here in our fermenters is 100% gluten free. Have you done a mead yet? Yeah, I know you said you can do a mead. Have you done one? I have not. It makes me nervous. Uh, <laughs> laugh yeah. much because honey is so expensive, uh, and mm. it's not as easy as like you like wine or cider for me, or even beer. Um, but uh, last month, I was I got the opportunity to go to a honey alcohol summit. Uh, full ride to Austin, Texas nice. for three days, but I learned about honey fermentation. Everything I had, I swear, I probably came out with diabetes. It was so much funny <laughs> tasting and different things like that. So, so, uh, and I got the opportunity to meet uh, the president of the American Meat Association, uh, and then those people with the uh, with the honey alcohol summit. So it's like I'm I'm looking forward to at least trying it on a smaller a smaller scale. Right. Right, I got you. Yeah, yeah. You know, if not, it won't. It's not a, like a full mead. It'll be like a. I think they call them sizers. It's like a mead mixed with cider. Uh, just something that I would maybe try, like a cold fermentation or something like that with honey. Gotcha. All right, that sounds like that. Like a winner. You got a lot of things going on in there <laughs> and over those and those uh, and those. Uh, Fermenters? Fermenters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I drew a blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for, man. It's a weird team. I came in right on time. I came yep. back right on time. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, heard. I know you needed fermenters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Now, you said uh, honey, is so exp- honey is so expensive and it makes you nervous because of the cost effectiveness. Uh, mm-hmm. How much honey does it take to make a, a batch of meat that would be able to be uh, sold? I- um, I think from what they said, it's usually kind of like almost like a a half and half, uh, half honey, half water. Mm, uh, oh, shit. So, if even if if you start off with just um, five gallons, you at least need like two and a half uh, to three three gallons of honey. Uh, uh, and then with the honey, is like uh, not necessarily. Like, all the other things you kind of got to add into there, some of the nutrients to, to make sure it ferments. Uh, so sometimes I've heard stories of people having like stuck fermentations with their, with their means because it just wasn't enough nutrients in there for the yeast to, even though it's mm. full of sugar, 
they need other things. So it's some um, things I'm like, I'm trying to, like I said, I made some connections there that I'm able to like talk to when I want to try. And then with the honey, it's like, I would rather use uh, a local honey uh, course, from a yeah. local beekeeper. So then, you know, that, like I said, it's just a little bit more expensive, but some of the cool things that we learned about honey is that no honey can taste the same. A beekeeper here on the south side of Youngstown, honey will be will taste different from a beekeeper on the east side because uh, we learned that bees do not fly far from their hives. Mm. And so they kind of stay like within a couple mile radius of their hive mm-hmm. so they can get back. Uh, so it's like interesting to uh, to learn those things and just to try it out. Like like I said, I'm not sure how not many people do need around here. Uh, so it'll definitely be another learning, learning component for myself yeah. as well as like for the customers and stuff to come in here to try something new. So. Sure. That's um, that's interesting about the bees and the honey. Yeah. All the honey being different from every hive It's almost different yeah. from season to season too. I was I would assume because the pollination. It's more flowers, this type of flower next year than it will be. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, it's nice. like, it's definitely pretty these cool. Are, like, these are great. You got a medieval night. You got a medieval night and then feature a mead because that's kind of what they drink back in besides beer. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a Game of Thrones night type yeah. of thing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'll go. I'll come up there. I like the Viking night. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Too. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it's definitely. Uh, like I say, I'm not a huge meat drinker. I found a couple mm. that I like, and I kind of stick to. It's kind of almost like an acquired taste. Like, yeah. yeah okay. so. Right. I'm I'm curious, and this is totally off topic, but <laughs> if uh if you do the if you use the same process as you would with honey with molasses, what is that called? Anybody know? Like if you just I use, think molasses you, maybe. That's, Probably, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can distill it, but yeah. I mean, or like ferment it, but it's usually just it goes distilled, so they turn it into like rum or something. Okay, usually oh. with molasses. I'm just curious if I if I fermented some hmm. molasses, would I get a, a nice beverage? That's interesting. <laughs> if I did, you, interesting. you'll get you'll get something strong. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, ferment. Got, yeah. It'll be something. I'm not sure what it tastes like, but it'll be it'll be strong because it's so sweet and so much sugar. Yeah. So it's like, like I said, it's probably something similar to like like a mead or even like a like a seltzer because a seltzer is just sugar water. So yeah, yeah I'd be like, uh, um, I'm like, oh, this is a uh, you talking about diabetes? That probably would be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just have to, you just got to give it to somebody who distills and be like, hey, just distill this for me. <laughs> right. Bring it down, yeah. Bring it down to a, down a drunkable, a a drunkable mm-hmm. level for right. sure. Now you talked about distribution and and like some of the local area in in Ohio. Is there plans to go outside mm-hmm. of Ohio, or are you just trying to be be the conquer cooker? Ohio? Right, you're trying to dominate Ohio I, first. I would love to go outside of Ohio. I get a lot of like love and support from Pennsylvania. Uh, it's because we're right on the border. It's right. mm-hmm. For me to get to PA, um, it's like t- a 10 minute drive. I'm about an hour away from Pittsburgh. Uh, but that's kind of like, a, in order to cross the border, I have to, I would have to sign with a distributor. Mm-hmm. And uh, just not ready for that yet. 
And and that is kind of just because of my size right now. I, I, I'm only working, I'm working with two seven barrel fermenters and four two barrels. I started off with just four two barrels. And then back in uh, April, I was I purchased a two seven barrel. Nice. Uh, so for me, the again with the next steps, I am looking for uh, production space because I do everything here in um, we're under like fifteen hundred square feet. So it's a tap room and mm. production space. Uh, so uh, so that's what I'm looking for in order for me to grow and to do these goals that we have. Uh, I got to be able to meet the demand. Uh, and then with the current fermenters that I have right now, it's just not enough. And then for mm-hmm. me to get bigger ones, they won't fit into my space. Right. So right. like the bigger they get is like, I lose ceiling space. Yeah. And like my, on my side, I think I only have like 10 foot ceiling. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what I'm like in the process of doing now. If I could, just ship. I love my location because I'm in a prime location. I'm next to a brewery. I'm downtown Youngstown. We have parking. So usually downtown, mm-hmm. there's no parking. Uh, so just if I can just move my production equipment elsewhere and I can produce, that would be ideal because okay. there's so many things like we want to get into uh, stadiums, the arenas, uh, things like that. But I have to be able to to Supply, meet their demand. Yeah. For sure. And so I don't want to push it right now. Right. Like I'm kind of just putting fillers out there, but as far as like going hard, I know I can't uh, meet it. If like the calves call me today and say, Hey, I need like 30 half girls. I'd be like, I got one. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so it's like, so it's like things like that, that um, I want to do. So hopefully Maybe the next time I come on you guys' show, I can be like, hey, this is my production space, mm-hmm. and this is what we're doing because like, we 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 have the, the I guess the demand is there. Right. It's just I just need to be comfortable enough that to do, you know, to, to be able to like, all right, we can we can take on this load. So. Right. For sure. And I'm sure the more you push into Cleveland, the more people are going to be like, yo, I can't we have this at the, uh, the arena. Absolutely. So they are going to yeah. be calling. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, i like i have like my brother he's even like he's a uh he helps me a lot here and he is a, a former like university of cincinnati football player and he's like yo we could get into uc we could be mm-hmm. this he's like so he has like a lot of like people and connections you know out there you know those, i don't know if you guys play football but y'all have some like connections for for life yeah. uh if you were like an athlete so sure. yeah, so it's like it's things like that that we are definitely twenty twenty four. Like I say, I would love to take over Ohio for cider if possible. Uh, that way, and then like I said, if I'm able to grow, then I can look into hopefully like a small distributor, uh, in, on the PA side that because I have like I said, I have people come over all the time. They're like, we want you at our golf course. We want you here, and but. I just can't legally cross over the drive border like that. Wow. Yeah, so because it, it would be an easy drive if I yeah. could. Be like, All right, yeah, minutes, I, yeah, I can just, just drive it over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had somebody, I just found out one of my bartenders told me yesterday that someone came from Pittsburgh and bought a case of cider to take back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, I'm not sure what it was for, but I was like, that's dope that they thought to come 
here and just chose to drive two hours because he's like hour here, hour back mm-hmm. just for a case of cider. So now in in uh, Ohio, you self distribute. Self distribute, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, so you driving all the places? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, me or my, me or my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, up. hey, I need it, but it's like with my accounts, my well, my uh, accounts that I have like in uh, Columbus, I kind of like make a weekend of it uh, because I have family and friends there. So if I'm like, I know I'm going to take kegs, I'm like, I'll just have my schedule set where I'm like, I'm at least staying a day. It's not like a turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then I try to like, see if anyone else needs anything. I'm like, Hey, I'm coming down. Do you need something? Cause like, you know, I don't mind the turnaround for Cleveland or something. That's, it's just an hour. Um, but like Columbus is a little bit different. So, uh, but I make it like, like I said, making a fun weekend, uh, trip, um, yeah. it's possible. That's what's up. I, now I have a, I have a question. I, I want to like go back into your history. I think mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we talked about it. Um, in the last episode, but for those people that didn't hear of it, how does a, a brewer of beer have a dream of opening up a, a cidery? Because <laughs> they're, okay. they're very similar, but they're very, yeah, very, they're very, very different. different. Yeah, like did you yeah. see the, the did you see the niche that you could have, or was it a, a combination of a lot of other things? What was it? Actually, the dream was always to open up a winery. I have I've been a home winemaker for over ten years. So with the with the rise of like uh, or the popularity of craft brewing, and then me uh, enjoying craft beer, my curiosity for craft beer started. I'm like, I wonder how they make it. I wonder, you know, how they do this. So the plan was always to open up my winery. But then I got the experience of learning how to brew beer and working for the brewery for two and a half years. Uh, but it, the plan shift to cider first because cider is uh, still a growing market. Uh, people love their wines and people, a lot of people are what you call like wine snobs. And a lot of people are like, we're like, we don't. I don't like Ohio wines. I only like my wines from Italy or California, things like that. And I felt like even though y'all got the best grapes in the country, <laughs> right? Yes. yes, we have some great grapes. Yeah, That's and crazy. then a lot of the places, the wineries around here, they actually get their grapes shipped from Italy or California, and they just make it here. But a lot of the wineries here do. Um, they do a lot in stainless steel. And they do some things in barrels, so that's kind of like a like a huge difference too, like yeah, yeah. Uh, stainless steel and barrels and things like that. But it's um, but I just like just looked at the market. I'm just like, all right, cider is the same process as wine. You can make cider faster than wine, and I can still do both. So mm. then the the plan shifted from uh wine being the the first thing i wanted to do to it being just a, a, an addition to the cider house um but again i got the experience working at the brewery on how to do things on a larger scale mm-hmm. um so and then i was able to translate that over into my space because it's pretty much like the 
most important thing in a brewery and uh, or, or cider house or winery is sanitation, being clean. So I learned a lot about how to, you know, use these heavy chemicals, how to keep everything clean, how to, you know, just uh, and just to scale up. Uh, and then I was just able to be comfortable, like when I came, got this opportunity to to finally open up uh, Dope. It was like almost like an easy transition. I wasn't like scared of buying big fermenters or ordering chemicals and things like that. I just now I just needed to learn like all the other back end stuff, like paying the taxes and you know things like, things like that. And then like I said, I'm I'm still learning and, and as as I grow. Um, but I'm in the beer industry and like you know this online community too. I've made so many connections and friends that if I had a question, it's someone's a phone call away or text message away and everybody has been so, you know, willing to help one another because we eat, it's like, even though a lot of people look at it as competition, but we want everybody to win and to, you know, and to yeah. survive and to grow. And like I said, I've made so many friends with people in Pittsburgh like I can pick up the phone and call uh, Fermenta uh, in Pittsburgh. I can call someone from Trace. You know, I can call Dave Racy and just like figure things out. Like if I mm-hmm. wanted to uh, possibly, you know, branch over to that side. And then the same here, and you know, in Ohio, we have like I'm able. People are phone calls or text messages away, uh, and they're not like they're not like hoarding information. Like right now I'm like, Hey, where do you get your cans from? Where do you get your labels from? Like, how do you do this? Cause everything is like, I'm trying to like, you know, save money. And then like, why try to, you're not inventing, inventing anything new and stuff like that. Right. People are ordering their cans from here. Let me order my cans from there and things right. like that. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it was. Beer was never like in my mind, beer just happened to be an opportunity that arrived like like what four years ago so I was able to uh to get that experience and then like I said like I still get opportunities now to collaborate brewing I'm right next door to a brewery we did I think the last we did a brew day together like back in March for Women's History Month so I still get that opportunity to to do another passion of mine but mm-hmm. as far as like as I grow would I ever open a brewery no, <laughs> yeah. no. but I've always just love to like collab and uh and just you know keep that uh craft beer um right there for me so I think, it's a, it's I think Hannah, Hannah just wants key, genius I think Hannah just wants to be in huh? history books at all times. I, think she I was going to say it's a, it's a low-key genius move. Yeah, it's a low-key genius move. First, first woman brewer in Ohio. And she's like, ah, watch this. Ah, <laughs> uh, we see I'm what you're nice doing. House. Yeah, a nice, a nice pivot. Yeah. How many women, yeah. how many women, black women are, are making wine in Ohio? Just you, probably? Just me. Oh. Yeah, of like, course. On, of a, course. On, a, on a professional scale, mm. just me. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. 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 So you just uh, you just going to do all the liquors, all liquors in I Ohio. Would, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure if once I, you make your first mead, it, you'll be the first black woman to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter like, of time. It's just a matter it. of time. I just mm-hmm. let, let somebody uh, teach me how to distill. That's all yeah. I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and at the same time, you, you're pushing black women all over the country and all over the world. Like this is this is possible. This is a four year goal, and it's yeah. it's been you've been doing it well for over a year now. So yeah, that's that mm-hmm. that's to I, that's to be applauded. Most people's <laughs> goals you, and dreams you. be like six seven years out. Like yeah, I'm gonna open up this cider yeah. house in uh, 2030, and it's, it's gonna yeah. be fire. And, and, and it's cool like thing. now I'll be celebrating a couple couple years anniversary. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like I said. If anybody who is interested, like a woman or a man, like it's it's gonna take time. Like it's like it's a lot of. I'm not gonna say it's a lot of red tape, but like going through PTB and then whatever your state requirements are, it takes time. Like here, like you can't do anything in, like in your home. Uh, so if I could have started, I could have started in my house. That would have been easy, but it has to be a commercial space. And then the commercial space, there's so many rules. You can't be, well, you can be, but if you're within like 500 feet of like a library, a church, a school, a public park, you got to get approval from those locations to open Mm -hmm. up a manufacturing facility of alcohol. So it's like you're looking for the perfect space. And then um, you're looking for feasibility. Like here in my area, it took so long because either the buildings were moving ready, but the overhead was so expensive. And again, it takes time before you can open up or vice versa. It was like, okay, you can have this building, but it needed so much work. It, you know, it wasn't wasn't affordable too. So it was like, but it's, I think if anybody who is thinking about like opening up a, a brewery, cidery, winery, or anything like that, I think the minimum would be like two, three years before you can open. And just think mm-hmm. if you're going into distilling, if you're not making vodka, you're gotta, you got to sit on your product for at least a year uh, or mm-hmm. more before True. you can put before you can put any of that out. So like you're actually probably making stuff like without telling people you're making something, like especially if you need to open and make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like that was kind of like another like reason with the cider with cider. It's like I don't need to sit on cider for a year. Like the cider can make the money while my wine is fermenting in in aging, uh, doing mm-hmm. what it does. So. Um, or if, if I would have just kept it with wine, just imagine like, if I couldn't make wine until I found a facility, then it would still would have been a whole nother year. Yeah. Of just right. waiting and yeah, you just said deal. you just said your wine is coming out now. The first three batches yeah. are coming out coming out right mm-hmm. now. Wow. Yeah, you've been yeah. open over a year. So, yeah, yeah, I've been open a year. So you, yeah, like, you, people... <laughs> you smart girl. You smart. I must say that a, a lot of people we talk to, especially. Uh, women in in the cider space they always mention you as uh, as inspiration mm-hmm. so that's always absolutely it's cool to hear but like oh yeah oh, i love that <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah we see where we know, we know her <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Like her. yeah. <laughs> so it's always cool to hear oh, that man, that you cool. are um not just not and it's not just in ohio it's people all over the place uh, california mm-hmm. philadelphia mm-hmm. um all over the place, they be like, "Yeah, Hannah, we, that's one person we we look to when we're uh, when we're well, we're trying to do what we're trying to do." So that's always so um, your so your uh, your goal of being historical is working. So. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I just, I just like come on, everybody, I don't want to be out here by myself for long. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Now, now going back to the side of the house. Now, how many how many 
I guess it's taps. Is how many taps are are on on at one time? I have eight. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I have eight on tap, and and then three lines. So, and then I have uh, right now I still have my frozen machine up. If anybody, if you have a business, put something in a frozen machine. These people, yeah. people love a slushy. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> the one thing I learned Listen. is like. I've had beer slushies before, so it doesn't 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 have to be like something fruity or something like that. Okay. Get a slushy machine, invest the two thousand dollars in a good one. The first one that I had was not the best. It was very complicated. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, I gotta upgrade. This gotta be easy for my staff and myself. Mm. So this it paid for itself in a month. Mm. Wow. The slushy machine is like it was like almost twenty five hundred dollars, and it paid for itself in like a month, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. It paid for itself. So then it's like now I'm like, all right, get a slushy machine. And then right <laughs> now I have a <laughs> hot cider on tap. I mean, mm-hmm. not on tap, but in the percolator. Right. Uh, but get some mugs, do something hot, put some spices in there. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's just my regular caramel cider that I have on tap. I added some cinnamon sticks in there, gives it a whole new flavor. Makes the like a mall wine type of thing. Yeah, kind of like, Yo, caramel yeah. cider is just that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> back to the back to the taps. How um do you have like you said, is the caramel cider in the taps? The caramel cider is always on tap. Like how many things are always on tap and what do you rotate? The only ones that I have to kind of keep on tap. I keep uh, pineapple on tap all year round. Well, I have. And then usually blackberry. Surprisingly, when I made blackberry last year, it was a favorite. I okay. actually haven't had it on uh, tap for a while because the one I did right after blackberry, I did like a like almost like a triple berry, triple jam. I did blackberry, strawberry, blueberry mix together. That went over really well. And then right now I have blueberry on. So when blueberry is done, I'll put blackberry back on. Uh, and then, like I like I said, I keep that cranberry ocean spray series. Mm-hmm, I keep mm-hmm. that on top. People people love that. And then I just so pretty much three are kind of like staples. Even though the cranberry one, the flavor does change. Okay. Uh, but uh, so I rotate all the other ones. And I try to do something where everything kind of like complements like each other. Because like my uh, uh, my bartenders, they like to people. Sometimes we have this one on tap called a mystery mix. It's like, you know, sometimes you just have, I have all these ciders like left over in the fermenters, but it's not enough to fill the keg. So mm. I just started mixing them together and people would be like, what's that? I'm like, you know, I really don't left over. I don't even before. know. <laughs> so, so, but I usually can only get like maybe like one keg out of it. So it's nothing like that. But then like they just start mixing them. So like when I had like strawberry on tap, uh, people, we would mix like strawberry and a pineapple and then and then I was like oh let's make it a Miami Vice because one of the first ciders I ever made was strawberry pineapple and coconut so then we'll do a squirt of we'll do a a squirt of coconut um uh flavoring in the cider Mm. and so now you have a pineapple coconut a Miami Vice cider so some of the ciders we can play around with and yes. uh, mix them together, and then you create a whole another cider that even though I only have eight taps, I can possibly mix and match things and come up with like uh, 
12 to 15 total fighters. So. I say more than that. For folks who don't know what Miami Vice is, it's, it's strawberry daiquiri and pina oh, colada yeah. for people who don't yeah. know Miami Vice. Oh, I was going to say it was a show back in the day in Miami. Oh, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a strawberry daiquiri and a pina Thank colada mix. It's a Miami Vice. Sorry. Yes, you helped me out as well. I had no idea. I was like, oh, yeah, Michael Clark or Michael, what's that dude? Michael, yeah. What, you know. Philip Michael Thomas. Philip yeah. Michael Thomas. I know it was Michael. I was like, Michael Clark, Thomas, Phillips. Whatever, yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. that's that's awesome. So, do you do flights or do you? Is it mm-hmm. only uh, you do flights? How many? Yeah, how, what's, a, what's a flight? Four or five or uh, six? Four, five hours. Four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we do that, and then I think I'm also I'm gonna be brewing up next week. I'm gonna do a seltzer. I'm bringing the seltzer back for the fall. I mean, for the winter, I uh, do a ginger seltzer, almost like a ginger beer. Mm-hmm. So it's like a nice balance of like sweet and then that ginger. Spice yeah. kick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a. Does that, that have alcohol? Is that alcoholic? Yeah. It, it, last year it turned out it was like five percent. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You say alcohol? Yeah, so, it'd be crazy. <laughs> is that alcoholic? <laughs> that just sounds. What, is, what should I say? Like five percent. <laughs> it just sounds wrong when you say alcoholic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know how to yeah. say it better. <laughs> I do. I just. I've done a non-alcoholic version too, but it's funny sometimes when people come in here again because it's like a new thing. People always ask, like, "Is there alcohol in this?" And it's almost kind of like I don't say yes. It's almost like I say it is alcoholic. I was like, because when people say it's alcohol in this, I'm not adding right alcohol. It's just and then so like I said, I, I, it's like a learning component to everyone that comes in here. Um, Teaching them that cider is in beer. One of the first things is like, I don't like beer. I'm like, cool, because cider is in beer. <laughs> right. You can try this. <laughs> and then, how about you get a flight and just try four different flavors and see what you, you know, see what you like. So. Right. You'd be like, I didn't ask you if you like beer because uh, this isn't. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious. I know you said the time frame. Uh, time frame is not is is a lot shorter than making um like wine so what what is the turnaround time for ciders mm-hmm. it, it's uh about two two and a half weeks oh, okay. i like mm. it ferments really really fast like um usually my fermentations take about a week in the words fully it goes from ridiculously sweet fresh pressed apples to dry in in like a week uh, and then I just take the time to let it um, clear up a little bit with uh, with the help of like glycol, the temperature controls and the fermenters, um, and then then blending. So right after that, I'm blending uh, the I use 100% juice concentrate in all my ciders uh, when I blend. Mm. Uh, so uh, and then that so usually within like two two and a half weeks, I'll have uh, New cider ready. Do you always use the same apples? Um, it's usually because I get I've been getting my juice from the same orchard, uh, so he uh, blends up usually the the same mix of apples in the blend. Okay. I've only okay. done like apple blends. I've never I've never I've I haven't used yet I should say a single varietal. Um. For my okay. apple uh, get so it's usually a blend of like three or four different apples in uh, 
in the when I get my order. So, varietals are different types of apples. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm I'm curious to know in terms of the future the future state of dope like like you said maybe getting a larger production space. Is that also Think of um, hey, maybe I should have my own orchard as well, or or you like, nah, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> you, I think uh, for me, if I got the the land, it would be cool to have some trees out there mm-hmm. uh, to do. But then you think like when you get it, it's um, it still takes time for the trees right. to grow. Right. But then that's also uh, me. Uh, hiring someone who has that passion because. You I can don't. barely keep a I can keep can't keep a house plant alive. So if you give me you give me sixty apple trees, what am I? Because like I learned a lot from like that. You would think like okay, the bigger the better, but no, the bigger is the worst because they say they want it to keep it small and pruned, and then you'll grow more apples because like all the nutrients are like. Going not in the leaves, like the smaller yeah. fringes. So, mm-hmm. and you know, I learned a lot. I got the opportunity when I got to do my collaboration, um, not this past Barrel and Flow, but the one before with Angry Orchard. I went to their, I went to, I went to the real Angry Orchard. So, a lot of the products that we get is from the Cincinnati location, the Boston Beer location in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's what they mass produce for national sales. But the actual orchard in Walden, New York, is amazing. It's 60 acres of nothing but apple trees, and they make all of their ciders from their apples on their uh, on their uh, on their land. Uh, so I got to learn a lot about like different. They've even they've cut down like old apple trees and kind of like infuse a different tree in the like the stump of the Mm. current of the old tree so it can grow that variety of apples and I was just like maybe like it was just faster that was I was like fascinated because then you can see this big stump then you can see like this little branch like growing out of it but uh so it's like it's like it's definitely uh someone who is passionate about you know that growth and it's the same with grapes I would love to to grow my own set of at least diamond grapes, uh, I would love to do that, but I don't know how to how to keep them alive or how mm-hmm. to prune them or even like how to how do you pick them? Like so, <laughs> it would be <laughs> so it's a lot of learning things. But I would love to have it where yeah. it's like uh, a feature on the property um, that people can see it because uh, in our area, I grew up like eating grapes is part of the Concord grape in my childhood in my aunt's backyard because grapes grew every year back there and we just be back there as kids just eating them then one day someone who was like mowing the grass like ran over the vines and then they never grew back uh Mm. my cousins their grandmother had apple trees like in her backyard so I remember her like making homemade applesauce like as a child and so we have all this agriculture here in Youngstown that either people neglected, didn't take care of, or, you know, they just tore it down. So they're like, oh, we don't, we don't want to deal with this. But to bring something like that back would be cool. So like one of my friends currently has two cherry trees, two apple trees, and I think they had a pear tree, but it got infected. But um, 
but the cherry trees grows I think cherries like every two years though or so it's something weird mm. like they didn't get anything this year but they got something last year but then they have to try to get them before the birds eat them so it's uh. like so it's like things like like that that I would love to have because but again like for someone else <laughs> yeah, Dope can own it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. If someone else wants to, like, you know, nurture and, and you know, love it, like it should be, mm-hmm. and you know, and then we just make something fun, even if it's just like as like a agricultural teaching component for people. I would love that just mm-hmm. to be like, hey, you can grow your own grapes. Maybe you want to do something cool with them, or you can grow your own apples and make your own applesauce cider like apple cider vinegar someone i uh, one of the a local farm well, the farmer here she has her own urban gardens here she's contacted me like she's um a friend and she comes in and dope and she's like hey what do you think about us making apple cider vinegar and i'm like sure just almost it's just foil apple <laughs> apple juice but you know it's a little bit more to it I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do that. Let's look into doing that 2024 and maybe we can, you know, put it in the bottle from some of the fresh, fresh juice. So I'm like, I have the equipment. Um, why not try it? So. All right. So it sounds like uh, acquisitions are in your future of these. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a, absolutely. More collaborations. That's a, more, I, like, uh, I need the space. <laughs> I need the space. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that's like my goal. So there's so many things like, you know, like, you know, being like in this industry or being an entrepreneur, your brain just doesn't rest on one thing. It's always like, hey, what can I do? Right. If I can turn one product into five different things, why not? You know, let's yeah. let's try it. And, yeah. and then if I'm helping someone else along the way, uh, like someone helped me, like Penguin City, the brewery next to me, they helped me with this space. They bought this massive warehouse, and they the first people they thought of to lease space was was me. So I was like, so now if I can like, you know, return that same favor to help someone who is a, uh, who's an aspiring entrepreneur any way that I can, uh, I will, I want to do, I want to do that. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Do you, uh, are you a barrel winery or, uh, the steel? Well, I'm straight stainless steel, (laughs) but yeah, but I, if I had the space, I would have barrels. Like right now, I have, I own three barrels. I have two that are just chilling outside. I want to put cider in it because they were used. One is a used uh, rum barrel. The other one is a used uh, rye whiskey barrel. Mm. So I would like to just um, just do some cider. So I can do like a, like a small, like bottle run of what's in there. Okay. Um so, but yeah, but if I had the space, I would love to put a few things in uh, in in barrels uh, mm-hmm. to try it out. But I think I would like more of a a used barrel to get those flavor components yeah. Of, yeah. instead of like a fresh barrel. So. Right now, if you when you use the used barrel, are you just using it one time, or can you does you have a, does it have multiple uses for it, you? Do you can do multiple uses, but I think after a little bit, you won't get the same flavors because the barrel, okay. the rum, the rum barrel that I have still has like rum in it. Right. So it's still oh. a little bit of rum in there that the cider can like sit on. But like once that comes out, then you'll just have like 
other you know yeah, flavors yeah. that it'll get. So it may have like a maybe like a two three run in there, but you usually okay. also let okay. the cider. Usually barrel aged ones, you let sit for like at least six to twelve months just in the barrel. I don't know if I ever had barrel aged cider. No, I think about it. I don't know if I ever had barrel aged <laughs> cider. Yeah, that's a. I, I can't say that I have. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I've only had. I don't think like I've only had some at like when mm-hmm. I go to cider con, the cider con- convention. Mm-hmm. I've had some because I just think like you some some cideries don't make as many. Uh, and they may just have like a limited edition run on like on it, um, but like I said, it's like for me, I think it'll just be another cool component because anytime right. anything barrel aged comes out, especially like I love stout, yeah. so mm-hmm. I you know I want the barrel aged like do, dude, bring the heat. <laughs> right? Do 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 you find uh, other cideries that have barrels? Because if it feels like because you're a, a what do you call people who make wine? Winos? Winer, winers? I don't think it's winos. <laughs> I feel like winos is a great name for it, though. Like, it sounds they, good. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny because, like, you know, you have a brewer, but then you have a winemaker, a cider maker. Like, we don't have no swimming. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's not a, <laughs> like, a beer. Why don't we call that guy the beer or that lady the beer maker? Why, like why? a wine. Yeah. yeah, they get a cool name. I'm just a cider maker. Make it. I'm a cider. Yeah, I'm a cider. Go ahead and go ahead and do it. You'll be the first. You'll be the first again, Hannah. Go ahead and make up what a cider like, cider maker should be. I'm a cider. I'm a cider. Cider. sounds yeah, great. That sounds better than cider. Like, like cider. <laughs> yeah, cider. E R E R is crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> as many times like have you ever have that thing when someone says brewery wrong. Yeah. And you can't say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm around anyone who cannot say that word, then all of a sudden I forget how to say it. I'm like, uh, then I just be like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I like it so, though. Cider, 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 is cider nice. or something. That is dope. Yeah, that's nice. I know. I mean, even like when you type in when you type in cidery, it still gets a red underline because I, oh, it's, not yeah. a recon, it's not a recognized word. So. Yeah. Webster's recognizes bootylicious, but not cidery. <laughs> but not cidery. Not yeah, yet. yeah, it's so tricky. It's tricky. <laughs> it heard. will try to autocorrect at all times. <laughs> they recognize Riz too now. Is it Riz? Yeah. Yeah. But back to the uh, the actual initial question: Is it because you are a winemaker by trade, and that's what you your first love was that you procure barrels for your cidery? Because, like Rob said, it's it's very rare that you find barrel aged mm-hmm. ciders. Is that something that you just thought of in the mix of like I like I love wine so much? I think I just thought of it more because it's just like it's it's like a not really like a challenge because it's like you said it's rare. Mm-hmm. If I can do something that not a lot of people are doing or start a trend, you know, it'd be cool. But you know, once trends start, like barrels gonna get more expensive. When you yeah. see how breweries are on the barrel aged <laughs> beers, that's true. so it's like used barrels where somebody probably somebody like just started at one point is now a new price tag, you know, on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think like it's because it's not that many. Like, hey, let's let's do some. And then again, like I said, like if anyone ever gets the opportunity to go to Angry Orchard in Walden. They have some amazing barrel aged ciders. They had I went into they have a storage facility in where they're you would think they were a distillery. They have barrel aged ciders like 
20, 25 feet high. And you said this ain't the this ain't the angry orchard that we get in the at the grocery store or the or the liquor store. What what who's this who's getting this angry orchard then? Who this for? Probably people local. <laughs> if you if the one in yeah, probably local oh, okay. like they distribute in the state of New York. Okay, okay. So, okay. so if you gotta be yeah, lucky so enough to be in the area or be in mm-hmm. New York to get the actual angry orchard orchard. Yeah, it is it tastes different. It's like it's, Yeah, it's I like, can imagine. You can you can tell the difference, but but then you go there and you they have I think fifteen taps. Like you just we know Angry Orchard for just like maybe three different yeah. nationally. But there you have fifteen on tap. Why you are they holding out? Yeah, they just holding out. Well they probably holding out probably a, a deal that they made with Boston Beer Company, probably. It was just like they make an apple wine, they make an apple brandy. Oh yeah, we heard about the apple they, wine. <laughs> that apple wine is so good. Oh, like mm, it's, mm. they have, like I said, they have barrel aids that they, but you can only get it there. <laughs> right. Apple. What was the apple wine called though? But yeah, I they forgot would, what the official name was. Uh, I forgot it already. Of apple wine? Yeah, there was a, there's a name for it, correct? But I don't remember what it is. Off the top of my head no more. Yeah. Um, I had a other question. I, I forgot what it was. It must not have been important. Um, so I, I guess going into just the, the future state. Well, for people who don't know, who haven't listened to the, if they don't know, what does dope even mean? Like, like for people who have didn't listen to episode ninety three. Oh. So what what does the dope even mean? Uh, dope stands for dwelling on positive energy. Yeah, so even if you if you and don't that like, is that is trademark. <laughs> so I am you, trademarked too. So. If you, even if you don't like cider, the, the the message alone is enough to go, hey, yeah. and, uh, support the product and all that good stuff. Um, so in yeah. the next, I guess what in, in the next twelve months, I guess what does it what what does um, it look like for you coming up? Why events that are coming up, um, things that are, are are happening? What was like? What does that look like? Um, I think for me is just pushing this growth, uh, trying to find, again, a production space to do that. Uh, And uh, it's for, like, you know, events, of course, for me, Barrel Flow is uh, a staple for me that I will be at in August. Uh, Crafted for Action, that's now in in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, They do theirs in June, uh, Jim Price. I told her that if you've never been to Atlanta, and that beer scene down there with like all the black brewers and aspiring breweries, it's, it's amazing. So they're going there. is definitely like a yearly staple for me. And then just, um, like I said, just kind of focusing on here and growing the, uh, distribution side. Um, and you know, and then just trying to push, uh, still push that goal of like us, not being less than one percent in this industry so uh just like hoping like others could you know follow like i was like exciting that uh turner house brewing just opened up in uh chicago which is the black owned brewery so things like that is like you know really exciting and uh maybe possibly just doing more collaborations too again like i said i love i love the beer industry but if i can also like again i'm I'm very intrigued by the feeling. So if I can, you know, learn uh, 
some things like that. There's a lot of things I can do with uh, the products that I currently already have um, on the distilling side. So uh, it's things like that. Just uh, trying to push that into like the into the new year, 2024. Yeah. So uh... and not get discouraged because there are lots of places <laughs> that are closing right now. True. It is like. Every time you, I look at social media, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this is like, what does this mean? So. Yeah, it just means um, they didn't pivot quick enough, maybe. Because there's some people that are thriving, yeah. so you got to look at all of us. There's some people that are buying up new buildings yeah. or buying up new locations. So it all depends on what you look at. You can look at it all in there like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to look at it. You're like, like, oh, you, you've been around for like this long. Why are you closing now? But, you know, it's just like. I don't know. Like I said, I try, like I said, I try myself to, to, you know, to stay in the norm. And like a lot of cideries may look at me. I'm not traditional. Um, I don't have a dry cider on tap. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I push, you know, the, the blending of the ciders to, you know, offer different flavors. Uh, so I am not traditional at all. And I'm, I love like, pushing pushing what i can i just think i think cider is very versatile that you can play around with it you can blend cider with wine you can blend cider with beer you can blend cider with honey like you can just you can distill cider you can again like i said apple wines apple brandies like so many things that you can do um uh that i I don't want to just stay in like one box i want to try to push the narrative as much as I can, um, and just making sure that people love it. People want to know if I could get the time to finish a newsletter. I've been working on a newsletter for a year, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like just being able to push people. <laughs> people want to know uh, what flavor is the next. Where are you gonna try this? Or people give me suggestions, and I love trying those out. Like I would never have like thought to try dragon fruit. That's the one I brought to Barrel Float. Uh, and that was delicious. I never was off to try dragon fruit because I'm like, I don't like dragon fruit. And it was a hit. Yeah. It was a beautiful color. Um, and so that's like something I'll definitely bring back next year for, you know, for that. So. Yeah, it was, definitely, it was definitely a good, it was definitely delicious. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Now, just talking about what you just said, you said you don't do a dry cider. Is that because you don't like dry ciders or? Kind of. Yeah. I was like, I feel like, because like, again, like, my sucker is dry once it's so, so I told someone, uh, I said I would like get some people who like dry cider and they can help me. If they say like, hey, this is good, yo, let's, let's put it on tap or let's can it up. We'll have it that way for when people come in. Um, but you know, I was like, I'm willing, I'm willing to try it. Step outside of my, that's stepping outside of my comfort zone, and uh, I'm willing to try it just for you know some of the people that come in here who, who just want a, a dry fire. Mm. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, um, all right. Um, is there anything else you want to tell the, the listeners or the viewers about what's going on with uh, Dope Cider House? No, just, uh, <laughs> just keep looking out. Just keep checking out our uh, our social media, uh, our um, you know, our web page. Uh, but I definitely like 
if you guys are interested, I'd love to travel. So if you have like any beer fests or anything that, you know, I could possibly get to, uh, just let me know because I do have my draft trailer that I want to put on the road or, you know, or, but I would like to, you know, just come set up and, uh, yeah, you know, share something dope with everybody. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank uh, Hannah Ferguson of Dope Cider House for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, before we go, we always like to know how people can find you. I think you mentioned a little bit, but how can they find you on the social uh, social medias? What is the mm-hmm. what is the uh, brick and mortar address mm-hmm. and, and all that good stuff? Okay, I am uh, locally from 460 East Federal Street, Youngstown, Ohio, uh, right in downtown on the east end of Federal Street. Uh, my website is www.dopethebrand.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. This is the majority of where I'm at, at Dope the Brand um, on Instagram. I'm Dope Cider House on Facebook. And I do some TikTok, but it's mainly... My dog is on there, so it's like <laughs> it's like dope brands on TikTok. But I put my dog gets the most views, so I put her on there at all times. So. All right, uh, all right. And if you want to follow the podcast, Bruising Banner Podcast, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Bruising Banner Podcast. If you want to listen to podcasts, you can listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow Lou uh, at Lou Belgium on Instagram, he's on Instagram. Uh, 302 Yoda. <laughs> I am 302 Yoda on Instagram as well. And Rob Stay Bruising is Rob Stay Bruising on IG as well. Um, this has been episode uh, 230 of Bruising Banter Podcast with uh, Dope of the Brand, Dope Cider House. <laughs> Until uh, next time, uh, have a good week, everyone. Thank you.